Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into Mogul Talk, a podcast that serves as a canvas for entrepreneurs to share their triumphs and struggles on their journey to becoming the moguls of tomorrow. Coronavirus, virus, shit is real. Shit is real. I think that's how we're going to start every episode until this shit is over, man. It shit ain't never going to be over, G. We still trapped. I'm still here, you know, trying to stay away from these cough attacks. Everybody know that a cough is a gunshot. And if you get hit with a cough, that's attempted murder. So I'm just trying to avoid all of that shit. Um, yo, by the way, you trying to you trying to spend 100 and make 800 real quick? Yo. got to add your name to the circle. You know, do it eight times and then you'll cash out to 800. Yo, it's quick what? money. Yo, scared money don't make no money, bro. It's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny that you you mentioned that because I was gonna talk about like the since the last episode I dropped my um like what to do with your stimulus check, check tips, and I really wanted to put in a video like the number one thing not to do with your stimulus check is to get caught up in the Ponzi scheme. But exactly. obviously, people find a way to get caught up in stuff like that. Um, like. Me and Allison did a breakdown of just how it worked, right? Who, no matter who is at the end of the circle, they're always going to catch the L unless they add more people in the circle. It's right. A whoever made cycle. it first, whoever did it first. Yeah. And maybe convince mad people. Yeah. But once it's like eight layers in, there's not even enough people in the world to do that. Who is even going to be convinced to do mm-hmm. that? And how, you, how I know you're not faking the circle? I don't know. Like, you know, and that's the crazy thing is that some people were faking circles. Like they created and, a and circle. Like, oh, cashed out. Oh, I already cashed out. Oh, my homegirl cashed out. But no way you had four people cash out already. Already. But like, it's the hype when we build the hype. And people have been doing this for generations. Ponzi schemes, yeah, yeah, pyramid yeah, yeah. schemes. I, they, look, let's talk about the big, biggest pyramid scheme, Herbalife, okay? That's a pyramid <laughs> scheme in and of itself. You know? And somehow Herbalife still exists. Like, yeah. And people... Like, still do it. I remember one time someone in my job would get Herbalife shit delivered, and I'd be like, you do Herbalife? I'm like, you know, that's a scheme, right? But, like, schemes do work mm-hmm. in, to a sense. That's why it's a scheme. People, some people do make money, but it's not the same amount of people who are going to be messed up during that process, be hurt by that process. So that's why it doesn't work for anyone. And no sane person should do that, unless you're just really good, like you're Bernie Madoff. But eventually he got caught. You know, you know so, it's crazy that, like, people, like, older people have been doing this for generations. Like, yo, Avon. Avon was a pyramid Avon, scheme, bro, you too. you just took the words right out of my mouth. And you Avon, know what this is? Another like, one that was a pyramid scheme was um, Mary Kay. Avon and Mary yes. Kay, when we were younger, those are the top-tier pyramid schemes. There was an energy drink at one point as well. Yeah. That shit, bro. And Avon was, like, cool, I guess. Like, my mom had Avon products. That's someone mm-hmm. sold there, I'm sure. But... Like, that's mad work trying to sell people shit, unless it's something that is everybody wants. Like, I guess you got to get into the craze, like, everything early on when there's that boom. Like, Silly Bands. Like, when Silly Bands came out, everybody was just copying that shit right away. But no one sees that shit no more. I, like, I want to shout out um, our boy, Rashan because um, he got caught up in a pyramid scheme um, with Vector Marketing, and he was selling knives door-to-door. Like, who goes to sell knives door-to-door? <laughs> oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Yo, that shit is tough, bro. Like, why would I want your knives, G? Like, um, I'm going to pay $60 for knives that a guy came to my door and says, hi, are you in need of knives? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so funny you mentioned that, because I was talking to 
Shogun, and he said the same thing. He's like, yo, I think Roshan got into a pyramid scheme at one point. <laughs> he did. And I'm like, did he? And now you just confirmed it to me. <laughs> he did. And I remember he, when he was doing it, I think it was like uh, freshman or sophomore year of college for us. And he, when we came home, he was like, yo, you want a job? And I was like, what is a job? And he's like, I'm selling knives. And I was like, you're selling knives? Like, what the hell, bro? That's crazy. Fucking, there was another one like during high school. It was called like Dream Team, which I don't know what the product was. But at that point, every you would see mad people posting like, can't wait to have my crib in Beverly Hills. Like, yo, you want to join? Like, this is a dream team. Like, come meet us Saturday and do this shit. So, like, mad people would get caught up in it. And then there's people who, like, they thought they were chilling with their friends. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come meet up with y'all. Like, let's chill. And then you realize that you're inside a Ponzi scheme. Like, you were going <laughs> to a presentation and you're like – that Spongebob meme with Mr. Krabs, like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck did this happen? So some people just get caught up in it. Um, mm-hmm. And you just got to see the signs. If you got to make money quick, it's probably not real. If it's like, you're going to make your money right away, it's probably not real. Without doing anything where you could fin- pay off your credit card debt in two months, all that, when you hey, see those flags, don't take it. Or just yeah. do a little Google search and you can probably figure it out if it's legit or not. Like and right it's also away. like you don't, people don't understand, and I think this is something that people have been seeing for the longest period of time. There's no way of fast money, right? And people, and I think a lot of people of color were addicted to fast money. It's like, yeah. we don't have generational wealth, and we've talked about this on the show so many times. We're, we don't have generational wealth, but we know how to get money fast, right? Everybody got that hustle. They got that gimmick. They got something, some type of way where if they needed money and they got to get it, they're going to get it, you know, so some fast that's way. Um, and, or, and there's always some new different way to get money fast well if it's not the ponzi scheme if it's not herbalife if it's not i'm selling you t-shirts out of the back of my car or shit like that there's always going to be a new way to get fast money and people are going to convince people to do that because one of the issues in the the minority community we don't have enough money so of course we're going to find ways to get money and get money fast so we're not struggling and that's the reality of it yeah, and since, like, you're not used to having, like, mad money, that's why it disappears pretty quickly as well. Like, mm-hmm. I guess it's not the worst thing that if you're able to get a quick sum of money, that's good, but then it's what you do, do with that it. money. Like, you've got to open up your savings account, mm-hmm. put, like, $50 aside, so the next time you make money, you can put another $50, like, um, because we tend to not do that as well. Like, good friend, I've been telling him for years, bro, years, um, make a savings account. Because I feel like I didn't make a savings account. Mm-hmm early enough because I've been working since I was 14 and I didn't make a savings account until I was 20 or 21 I think um and I I feel like I should have saved all the money I made from when I was 14 to like 21 years old I should have been putting aside from every paycheck since then but I didn't whatever Mm -hmm. but my boy Kenneth is 26 and still don't have a savings account 25 still don't have a savings account so it ain't the worst thing because you could just keep the money in your savings in your checking account Mm -hmm. but you know, make you use it faster. You and, know, and you really you just got to put it in somewhere. Okay, like, you put in a block of ice and don't touch it. Like, have a coin jar that just racks up money that you won't touch until it's full, you know. And when you have emergency situations, you need to have – you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Simple, basic economic that's, rule. That's you know? so true. Because if you drop all those eggs and you only have one, uh, everything else is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I – 
do have my like I have my 401k, I have my savings account, I have my my stocks. I even opened up another checking account uh, with the One United uh, Black Bank. I got my Harriet Tubman fucking debit card doing the Wakanda symbol. Um, and I just, and then I added that checking to my, uh, paycheck to put 10% into that. Um, mm-hmm. so like 80 bucks goes in there, like every paycheck, but that's another. And then I could put a little bit of savings in my chase account. I could put like another hundred dollars. And then I have like two savings account that's building up right there on top of like my phone. Okay. So you got to mm-hmm. like expand everything if you can. Cause then that's when in the future, when you do need a large sum of money, when you want to make that big purchase, because I do want to have like a house one day, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and I got to start saving now to be able to do that shit, you know. And no, so no, that's true. it's tough right now, though. Of course, like we and, and that's time. where we're uh, like why I thought it was so important to do the video about the stimulus checks, right? Because when has when is the government just giving away twelve hundred dollars freely, right? And of course, this is tax season; people are struggling it was super important to talk about what to do with your money because as people of color, we don't know what to do with that money. We see $1,200. Yeah. They're going to pay bills. Are you going to put it to the savings? Are you going to invest that money? What are you going to do with that money? Are you just going to spend it as your regular spending money? And I think for me personally, you know, um, this whole quarantine, well, prior to the quarantine situation, my goal in 2020, especially now with us planning a wedding and planning our future, is to really align my finances in a way because, like, you know, when you are getting married, you're not just getting married. A marriage is a business transaction, you know what I mean? Yeah. Finances, my finances become Allison's finances and vice versa. So my goal was to really focus on improving my finances um, and building my credit score, um, putting some money in savings, looking to some stock options, looking at my 401k and say, this is what I need to do. And then come quarantine and then obviously the stock market falling. And I, I talk about this all the time. We were definitely talking about the stock market falling in March. So I wanted to plan my kind of realigning of my finances around that timeline. And it happened and I was like, okay, this is perfect. I set up a savings account like you. You know, um, luckily, you know, with the furlough situation with, with um, the, my company, you know, I got a glimpse of how much my 401k was doing. And I was surprised about the money, amount of money that was in my 401k because I wasn't thinking about a 401k. And now start, that started getting me into thinking about 401k. Then looking at credit, you know, thinking about all the little things. Hey, how can I improve my credit? What are some things that I can do? What are some new cards that I can look into? Um, what about paying more of my loans to improve my, my credit score? Stuff like that. And then altogether, I thought about it. We have that knowledge, right? We look and listen to business podcasts. We look about finances and we look at the news and we kind of think about it as a business perspective because we're trying to build longevity. But not everybody is building longevity personally and for their families. And a lot of people, and this is where we're talking about the Ponzi scheme, people, you know, in the, in the minority community, I don't know if how it is for in that like uh, from a Hispanic perspective, but I know like the black community, we have this savings plan called the SUSU, right? Where there's a group of people each week or each month or um, each week or each month, they put a certain amount of money into the SUSU and everybody gets the SUSU one month out of the year. So say it's 12 people in the SUSU and you put $200 up from your paycheck every two weeks, one month out of the year, you're going to get that whole lump sum 
of that amount of money. So that's their savings plan. So a lot of people, when they saw that circle game, they were like, oh, this is like a susu. Like, I'm going to pay my money into it. Mm. Then we're going to get $800 out of it, and everybody's going to get their money like a susu. It was just a quick, fast susu. And that's where a lot of people got scammed in, in, into it because they were like, oh, I've seen this before. So I put the $800 in. I'm going to get my $800 at one time. And then they realized that they weren't getting that money. But if they made smarter decisions and saying, you know what, you put in your money in a savings account, you're yielding interest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And since I've had my savings account and getting into a high yield savings account or a money marketing account, like people just think, oh, you know what? I'm going to get a savings attached to my checking account, something small. Of course, banks are going to convince you to do that, but then it's not going to get you any money. You're just going to have money sitting in the savings and it's not accruing any interest at all. Yeah, it's just going to accrue like a penny. Mm-hmm. like. A month, like and that's that's nothing. Nothing. I think my well, my, my bank. I I own a mobile bank now because if you've seen the compromises with like um, Chase and TD and Bank of America, those banks get compromised all the time. People get their money stolen. Cards are always used. Card numbers shit gets flagged. I moved to mobile banking and I've not had any trouble in the past five years. And I'm telling you, my savings account accrues interest every week. And that's not like one month for a penny. It's every week my savings account is accruing interest. And that is encouraging me to put more money into my savings because I'm like, it's just money sitting there. Why not? You know? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There's definitely many, many programs where like you have like 1%, 2% interest rates where Mm -hmm. your savings account where So like it really just takes research. Um, Even myself, like I just have a regular checking account with Chase. And it's my uh, the interest is 0.001. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, like, I have a, a good amount, I guess, but you're still only getting pennies. Yeah. Like, literally pennies. It's nothing um, substantial for the year. Like, and you want to get a year, you'll get 50 cents. You want to get a, a savings account that, like, has an interest rate of above 1%. Anywhere yeah. between one and two percent. That's ideal. I think for my, my savings account, I think the interest rate is 1.53%. Um, for the, a lot of amount of time. Um, but these are important things and conversations that we need to have, especially because we're about to hit peak recession. I think um, I was driving last week and I saw that gas had hit. Um, hold on one second. This is not dot hospital. So um, I think it's super important to kind of align your finances right now, especially in this position that we're in right now. We, there's a lot of uncertainty. I, I know what I was talking about. Um, I was driving around last week and I noticed that gas prices hit $1.99 in New York City. Um, I even that was so regular? That was regular. I even saw $1.95 at a, another gas station. Um, when I went to Maryland about a month ago, right at the beginning of quarantine, um, we, I saw like $2 prices and I was like, oh, it's $2, but it's Maryland, right? But when I see $2 or under $2 in New York City, that's a, a cause for concern. And I know that they were talking about oil companies um, having a surplus of oil to the point yeah. where they're giving it away for free. And that's not good for our economy. Our economy yeah. relies on oil, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah. Nah, um, it was like, they, yeah, they can't store it. They don't have mm-hmm. enough barrels because they're producing so much at all times because, you know, they think like the world needs that much. Mm-hmm. But since the world was at like a stop, not as much oil is being mm-hmm. used and not as many people are buying it, like the big companies. And, you know, when they say like, oh, yeah, because they had to pay 
money to pay it to vendors. Like, here, I'm going to give you $30 per barrel to take it off my hands. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but that, like, it's not like our gas prices, like, no one's going to pay us to fill up our gas. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it does decrease like crazy, like one ninety nine. I remember back in 2006, there was like a whole like oil shit. Mm-hmm. The prices were through the roof and gas was like $5. Yeah. Um, and people were like, yo, this is, um, this is, this is like always going to be like this. Wow. Gas is crazy. And it's so crazy to see, even in I Am Legend, when that movie came out in 2007, you see at one point they have an image of the gas station and it says like $7.50. And I remember seeing that movie in the movie theater and people, everybody gasped, were like, oh my God, look at the gas prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're at freaking $1.99. Um, and it I just think- goes to show like that nothing is untouchable. Like mm-hmm. the petrol dollar, you know, isn't sustainable always. Yeah. And it might teach the companies that we got to maybe move away from oil so we don't have the situation again. If we have like renewable energy mm-hmm. that if all we have to do is turn off a wind turbine because we have too much energy, which is, I don't even think works that way. They could do that easily instead of- oh, Or solar energy you, too. Yeah, like you could just have it there. Um, it doesn't, it isn't a drill going into the earth, you know, causing, which endangers the environment. Oil spills, yeah, all, all that, that shit, all so. the negative precautions, uh, negative consequences of these, these things. And, and so I, I don't know I'm, if it'll be a, less, a lesson learned for those big oil companies. I doubt it. Um, Never. But it would just other companies need to emerge, can come with renewable energy sources that can that can make it to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, those people are going to be out of here. They have to because it's oil is a finite resource. Mm-hmm. It's. There's a finite amount in the earth. I don't know how we haven't got rid of rid of it all. There's so must be so much. Mm-hmm. Earth is a very interesting w- thing when you when you think about it like that. Like the world is how like shit is just there. Um, but that's gonna go away one day. So what what are they gonna do? Yeah, what are the options like gonna look like in a few years? Yeah, yeah, much like you know, because like Tesla, even Tesla, it's gonna take time for everybody to have an electrical car because still they're not the biggest automaker, right? They don't have um, they probably, I think, have like 0.5% of the auto market, but they're going to build at one point um, once the vehicle becomes more affordable and everybody starts having it. Um, the supercharging stations are more accessible. Uh, it won't be, you know, until, so like, it's going to take like 30, 50 years because the auto, regular automakers need to stop making their last gas car. So imagine when that is. When mm-hmm. is the last gas car going to be made? 2040? And yeah. then that car's going to last 25 years, you know, maybe, uh, if it's well-made or whatever. And then maybe gas stations start to come down, down because more people have electric cars. But it's going to take years, 50 years for that yeah. one to come. But it's going to come. And that's why you see, like, the uh, in the Super Bowl commercial, the all-electric Hummer that's coming out. Like, they are, are kind of a little late in the game of the automakers. But they now know that it is the future. Mm-hmm. Um, because before, if you look at all the, you could go on Google and search Tesla short sellers, people who didn't believe that like Tesla was going to be a thing. And, and that's hard to, of course, think about like, is this company going to exist? But, you know, of course, Elon Musk had the foresight to believe in himself. Um, they've lost billions of dollars short selling on Tesla, thinking that it's always just going to go down. Um, no, it won't exist. And at that point, you would owe banks money if you short mm-hmm. sell that much where it's like it decreases more than 100 percent. because like if you put in 
if you think it's going to go down to 25 and you put in, you bought it at 50, if it goes to 25, you lose all your money. Okay. But then if it goes below 25, that means you owe money. And that happens to a lot of people. I mean, these people, these people got mad money who are, you know, just playing Monopoly with the, with the world and be like, I'm going to put a a good Billy here. I'm going to put another Billy here, but still like, uh, that's just like an allegory for other businesses. And even in this time during quarantine, it'll weed out the week. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of companies need to become more creative now. How can I social distance in my workplace? How can I make sure that my company continues to have their product done? How am I going to make sure that my people are safe when they're going to work, if they had to take public transportation? Do I have to get other offices? If my building is in Manhattan and my people live in Queens, do I have to get smaller offices in Queens to make sure that they're good there? Or maybe do I have to uh, now make my, uh, subsidize my, my worker to have a car so they can safely come uh, here in the job? So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered bef- even before and will be forced to be answered um, because we are gonna be living in a new world. Mm-hmm. Um, right after this like i don't think it's going to become i think more people are going to be wearing face masks forever like people are going to try maybe stay away from people forever even though a lot of people also are anxious and want to you know see each other be in groups but it's always going to have the back of the mind until you have a vaccine or a test that anxiety is still going to be there i mean hey mental health is up freaking um what is it uh dependency on alcohol drug use is up uh, domestic violence is up, and so shit is real right now. Um, it, it is very real. Um, how are people gonna normally just come back from those when all this? If you were on substance, if you were like drinking alcohol every day, now you became an alcoholic for three months and three months and a half months. How are you gonna come back to normal? You're not gonna be the same person you were coming out when you went in. Um, hold on, and that's gonna happen to on, uh, in New York City to millions of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just crazy. Yeah, I said match it there, but tell me what nah, you think. It's, it's the truth. I, I think that um, we're going to have a very, I think about it, the aftermath, the title of the episode, um, the <laughs> aftermath of Shady. this quarantine <laughs> and just the situation in general is, is very difficult. And we're going to see it from, one, they were talking about the mental health effects and psychological effects of quarantine and being away from human contact. Um you know, it's already been a learning curve going to the store, doing basic, you know, shopping and stuff like that. And like walking by people and you're kind of just like, you're too close or feeling that sense of anxiety oh, yeah. around oh, yeah. you. Um, that's going to be ingrained in our minds. And then also the distancing from regular people and kind of the dependency on social media, right? We go from being social in person. And yes, we were social on social media, but now social media is the only type of contact that we have with people. So I imagine that like when we come back from this, even regular interactions, people are going to try to be like, they'll be six feet apart, but they're interacting over their phones. You know what I mean? And that's going to be a new world. Mm. Um, just talking about business, you know, um, thinking of the effects of oil, you know, if, I, I hope that we get to a point where we can get to the electric cars and more sustainable energy in the near future. Um, but then that also brings into question all the businesses that have depended on oil and cars being made a certain way. Right. Think of, um, the mechanics, you think of the auto yep. sales companies, yep. um, Pet Boys, AutoZone, Mavis, stuff like that. You know, cars are going to be shifted 
in a way because oil they're going to be where you get an oil change. Like, exactly. Tesla doesn't have oil. Like, so you never you, get an oil change. Ever. So Jiffy Lube is going to be out of business. You know, Facts. they the people have that's whole businesses dependent on oil, right? So that's going to be a huge question in terms of how do we move on from there. Um, and I do agree, it is going to take a lot of time for us to get to that point where they have this new world. It's not going to be something we're going to hand in on a silver platter. And I think a lot of people during this time are thinking like, hey, we flipped the switch companies and, and cities are reopened and countries are reopened and we go right back, you know? We go back to work and we go back to our regular lives. Like, I thought about it yesterday. I was like, I don't know how I would feel going back to my everyday nine to five. I don't feel personally that I should have to work 40 hours a week. You know what I mean? And realistically speaking, most companies and most places you really only work for four hours out of the day, right? Your first Back. two hours is recapping what happened the day before or throughout the week, and then you finally get into a groove of work. By the time you get into a groove of work, it's your lunch break. You get an hour break in between. You come back from your hour break. You're kind of sluggish. You're tired. And you're not trying to get into work. And then you're just trying to wrap up for the rest of your day so you can go home. So it really is going to make people question and kind of reassess what does work look like for a lot of people. And I agree. Yeah. You know, people are not going to be more inclined to go to certain places or work as far as they were before because it takes them away from being home. And I know for a lot of families that have gotten a lot of opportunity to spend more time with their kids, they want to be closer to their kids because they want them to feel safe. God forbid there is an emergency. I don't want to be too far away from my kid. Imagine the people that live in Queens and work in the Bronx or work in the Bronx, live in the Bronx and they come to Queens and Brooklyn. Um, and that's just for us speaking from New York City perspective. Imagine, um, I have a good friend, he lives in um, DC, but he has to drive like three hours to work every day in Virginia, you know? Damn. Just to work, he works for Verizon, you know, for the entertainment and sports. So three hours every day just to go to work. People are not going to be inclined to make that sacrifice anymore. And I think it's also going to make and um, beg the question of when people go to interview for jobs or they go to talk to their companies, it's going to reassess like what the amenities are for the employees. Um, people are going to ask, well, what are your work from home options? How did you guys take care of your employees during quarantine? Um, God forbid there is another natural um, disaster or pandemic or epidemic or whatever it may be. What are my options in terms of my personal safety? Are you guys going to still take care of me? And I think it's going to be more power back in the workers' hands. And oh, another thing that has really made me think about this during this time is who is really in control, right? We thought that the government was in control. We thought that um, company corporations were in control. And at the end of the day, those entities are just people controlled, people are controlling them. And it's also, you have to be mindful of the thought process and the business model and the um, model of the people that are representing you, you know what I mean? Um, those are the things that people are gonna start to question and think about after this time is over. Um, I know I am, the next job that I look to get to or once I go back to my job, I'm really gonna assess my loyalty because people were so blindly loyal to their companies and jobs and making sacrifices. And I know a lot of people are now like, hey, I'm taking my life back. You know what I mean? The quality of life is gonna be different. Um, it's gonna make them appreciate their time outside of work and that I'm not working myself to the ground for little to no money. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the difference between like, you know, 
you 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 could get fired in a second, but if you want to quit, you have to put in your two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like that's an imbalance of like power that it might reverse um, with like uh, company to uh, representative. You know, the thing is that like people, it, even with big government saying like, oh, we're going to give back to the um, corporations, giving them billions and billions of dollars, not to like help try, like we did get the $1,200, but first of all, not everybody got that. Um, that's only if you got direct deposit as well. Mm-hmm. Checks have not been sent out. So we did not have direct deposit. Um, my mom, she did when she did her taxes, she didn't do direct deposit. And even I went on the IRS website to try and update her banking info. Been doing it every day for the past 25 days. The website they created, like, here, you can do update your info here. I haven't been able to do it mm-hmm. still. And so she's just going to get a check. You know, luckily my mom's not struggling, but um, she's, she's probably not going to see her check till November. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to happen to millions of people as well. So what I'm trying to say is that instead of putting – they put all the power in the corporations, right? Um, not, but the thing is, the corporations are run, are nothing without the worker, mm-hmm. like nothing. So you have to help us too. We're the ones who, without us, the corporation won't exist either. You need the consumer, but you also need the worker. True. Who's gonna be the one doing this for you? So um, it's just fucked up that they aren't thought like the average worker isn't thought of. We we, we always be like, oh, you know, we we. Um, we need jobs and shit like that, but then you don't care what happens after you get the job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause people still got mass uh, student loan debt. People still got mad credit card debt. People still got mortgages. People who are, uh, where they had, uh, mortgages backed by the government. Yeah. They've been allowed to, um, not pay for six months. And let's say your mortgage was $2,000, put it off for six months. Uh, supposedly if it's backed by the federal government, um, they won't make you pay the 12000 that you owe at the end of six months. They'll make a work out of uh, a, a payment plan. But a lot of these private mortgages, they aren't doing that. They're saying like, okay, yeah, you can put it off for six months, but you're going to owe me this 12000 How the fuck are you supposed to do that without a job? Like, it's, um, so that is going to hinder shit, more shit in, down the line. Um, yeah, shit is crashing right now. Yesterday, we just had uh, Thursday, uh, unemployment rate comes out every Thursday. Three point, I think, two more million, 3.2 million more people filed for unemployment. Yeah, I think um, like 3.8. Something like that, yeah. All right. They don't have a job. They can't pay their bills. Put their mortgages down for six months. Even if they do get a job two months from now, they're not going to have enough money for that. And that's just going to, maybe they're going to default on their mortgages. And mm-hmm. that could cause like another crisis. Um, of, you know, just those banks, uh, uh, you know, maybe filing bankruptcy or any, something like that. Who knows? But it's, um, it, unless you prepare for that as well, which is with the average person who is struggling, um, mm-hmm. it's just going to continue to be a snowball effect and things are just going to get worse for the economy and for everything. That's true. Even like, um, you know, cause like Cuomo is been arguing, about how we need federal funding for the state. Um, if not, we're gonna have to have 20% cuts across the board of school, police, um, and like the state, uh, if we don't get any stimulus from the federal government for the state so that we can function. And even though, um, and they're just uh, arguing with that all along and it might not even happen uh, because Mitch McConnell's like, oh, I don't wanna 
um, bail out blue states while like New York gives, I think it's like $48 billion or like $148 billion more than we take out while like Kentucky takes $38 billion more than it gives to the federal government. And so like we bail out all the Southern states at all times because they take money from the federal pot and we Mm -hmm. give more. Um, And now that we need help, uh, they want to be like, no, we're not bailing out blue states. And so like Mm -hmm. that type of like political shit is another thing that hinders the average American worker when they're just trying to struggle. And the state wants to um, take care of everybody trying to try its best, but they also need money. And it's just so fucked up because the department of treasury right now has bumped since March has pumped like $1.5 trillion into the wall street. Mm -hmm. And they, there's a, there's a 60 minutes that came out like a month ago. Um, They're like, so you're saying we could print like like higher money, much money you want. He's like, yeah, we could print unlimited money. And so like, what, what is the issue? Like just print money for these people too. Like, but no, you just want to make sure that's okay. But without, if New York files bankruptcy like Mitch McConnell wants, where Wall Street is, you think the economy is going to continue? Like, let New York City get bankrupt. Let Illinois get bankrupt. That's not going to bring back the economy. That's just going to make shit even worse. Like when Detroit had to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. And so it's just... We it's, also it's fuel just the economy a lot, especially in New York. Like, New yeah. coastal, coastal cities, New York, um, you know, Cali. Los Angeles, um, San Francisco, um, Miami, uh, not even, I mean, Chicago's not coastal, but major cities across America kind of fund the rest of the country, right? Exactly. We're not in places where, you know, small town, that little small town in Iowa that maybe pulls in maybe like $3 million a year in government taxes or whatever, New York pulls in a lot of money. There's 8.6 million people. And a lot of people in New York make a lot of money. Um, even though it's a struggle to live here, imagine how much, how many tax dollars, billions yeah, of tax, tax. dollars yeah. go into New York and go into the federal fund. So it's ridiculous to see. And that's also something that we're going to look at the aftermath of the government's role in taking care of their people, right? We only got $1,200 for as a stimulus in New York. Um, in the United States, but let's talk about the countries like Canada and some European countries that are giving people stimulus of $2,000 a month for the course of the next four to six months. How do we live in America, the most wealthy country in the world, and most many Americans only allow $1,200, but we're building out big business. We're building out companies that literally furloughed and fired and laid off most of their employees. So why are we building out big business when they can't even, they're not even supporting their employees? We should only be building out big business that are supporting employees. So like corporations like Target, Walmart, places like that, that are literally pushing us through the pandemic, supermarkets, pharmacies, um, gas stations, doctors, doctors um, hospitals, those teachers, people, the, the education system, those are the people that deserve the money. But we're pouring money into big businesses to hope that the big businesses pay back. And I feel like this is so crazy that this is happening in an election year because what a, what a Republican pay, president like Trump, his whole basis is big business. 
If he doesn't support big business, they're not going to vote him back into office. And how, and it's really crazy that this has happened during this time and the effects blow back on us because now big business got bailed out. They got trillions of dollars, but then we only got $1,200. How are people going to survive on that? How is that going to last? There's no end, There's no definite end to the pandemic. They're talking about that the pandemic is going to be broken up into stages, um, stages for you know construction and manufacturing. And then once construction and manufacturing, we're going to look into opening smaller um, necessary businesses like um, you know, uh, restaurants, and we may not lo- yeah. allow certain restaurants to open for personal, you know, for public people can go and sit down, but we can open those restaurants for further business. Um, there's some restaurants that took this opportunity to switch their business model and to move out to completely take out so they can still make some money. But there's also a lot of restaurants um, and bars that lost a lot of money. Then let's talk about the fact that there are Retail companies that lost a lot of money. Retail companies that are big business. Um, I think J. Crew and Madewell filed for bankruptcy this week. Or oh, no, sure. that was Neem, that was Neiman Marcus that filed for bankruptcy. Recording. Um, Neiman Marcus filed for bankruptcy. Um, you know what does it look like? the different stages of reopening the country. And then if we do reopen a country, who's really going to want to go outside? Like you mentioned before. People are going to be scared to go outside. You know, that we built so much hysteria and craziness around the situation where if you breathe the air outside, you're going to die. You know what I mean? If you don't walk around with a mask, um, you're going to die. And I think that all has to do with the fact that we were never given clear, concise information. As much as the CDC and the World Health Organization and, you know, our local state governments have talked there was never clear, consistent information across the board, right? We get something, Trump says one thing, our governor says another thing, our mayor says another thing. The CDC says one thing, Trump says a different thing. The World Health Organization says one thing, Trump says another another thing. We don't know what to believe and whose information is correct in this situation. So when that happens, it's like, well, do we trust that we can go back outside? Why right. should we go out back outside? Do I, how do I know that I'm going to survive after this? And I personally know that they are working on vac- vaccinations, um, you know, dealing with the situation with my father. You know, they, they're asking patients who are who have survived COVID-19 and dealing, yeah. you know, with the after effects. They're using their antibodies. They're using their blood samples to contract a, a vaccine to stop the virus. And yes, that's well and good, but who knows how long that will actually take for us to get a guaranteed vaccination against the system. And then another thing, because I know I'm chatting, um, is, (laughs) is the fact that when this first came out, nobody's understanding of coronavirus was that clear other than right. China kind of had a better understanding because they dealt with it, they handled it right. If we followed the Chinese model, we would have come back and been able to open up the same way. Like when I tell you, and we saw this a few months ago, the Chinese government was arresting you for going outside if you were not just going to the store or yeah. going to the pharmacy. It was literally like, you're only going outside if you were going to the store or going to the pharmacy. But the difference is they're a communist government. People, we have democracy, we have freedoms, we have rights, we have amendments that support our claim. So we feel like, hey, if I don't have the freedom to go outside, yes, this is a thing, but hey, I can take a $1,000 fine. I don't care about it. You know what I mean? And people didn't take 
the measure seriously. And also, when we heard coronavirus and we heard of everything that was going on in China, yeah, the numbers were high, but we didn't break down the fact that it was not as fatal as people like to think it was. And I think that's why they're starting to peel back the regulations and reopening because it's not as fatal as people think it is. We're realizing that a lot of pre-existing conditions are what's causing people to die. Definitely. But it's not like you just walk outside and you're dying off the street like a zombie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, though, like, I do want to say that we can't really trust the numbers that China has put out because they are a communist government. They want to make themselves look good. Um, and so there was an article that came out that about, like, 2 million cell phone numbers had disconnected in China, mm. which is not saying that 2 million people died, because two cell phone numbers disconnecting, someone could have three numbers, whatever. But um, and they could also be linked to regular death. But where did those two million? And it was between like uh, January and like February fifteenth, something like that. So very small window. Also, like the export or like the um, funeral homes were like ordering like hundreds of th- like thousands and thousands and thousands of more urns um, for whatever reason. We don't really know, but that's just anecdotal. Uh, information that occurred but the the they're not going to want to release the numbers when the first um doctor uh i forgot his name though he told uh, the government like hey we have a the, a virus here in wuhan that we need to take a look at wrote a letter and everything sends it to the proper people the they made him retract the statement um put him in jail for saying that shit and made him write a thing saying i never said this and then he mm-hmm. ended up dying of coronavirus so um China may have done, I guess, you know, definitely their quarantine was, I guess, done right in their own country. But they also didn't stop flights from going mm-hmm. to Europe um, or going to California because we in New York didn't get the people are saying that we didn't get the virus. We didn't get the virus from China. We got the virus from Europe because whoever was in China traveled to Europe and then from Europe came to America. It's in New York. California and Seattle probably got it from China because they're on the West Coast. Mm. The way like people fly, that's just where the flights be going. So that was another like uh, thing that we really had no control of. No one thought that it was going to be coming from Europe, like millions and millions of people flying to New York, which is like a huge ass uh, JFK, state, fucking JFK, you know, and then they're spreading. They're, they might be have a connecting flight going mad places. So no one was thinking like, Oh, wait, because we did have a, a travel ban mm-hmm. um, from China, but it was China only for it. And then it wasn't until like 10 days later that we did the Europe ban, all flights, but um, no one thought about that. And so mm-hmm. maybe if China would have acted a little quicker in terms of like be, to being truthful and telling the world, not having the World Health Organization in the palm of their hand who indicated that, oh, there is no human to human transmission. You can only get it from animals. You know, and then that would cause other countries to be relaxed. But that wasn't the case. There was mm-hmm. human to human. And if China would have not made their man retract what he said, they would have done a little more research, understood that, and then tell the truth to the World Health Organization. And maybe they would have been like, yes, there is. Then maybe shit would have been quicker. So um, they may have done some things right, but I do want to say that they did a lot of shit terribly. And they terribly. still are. Um, you have now, they have sent... Like there was one story where they sent like a, uh, I think a million tests to Italy for help. I think like eighty percent of them didn't work. Now that I don't think is like an on purpose thing because China doesn't want that. That they sent a million tests to this country and eighty percent of the tests didn't work. That's terrible publicity. They don't want that. So 
but the thing is, you know, standards in China, um, like a company, uh, they can try and replicate anything. You know, it's very uh, relaxed, the laws there when it comes to manufacturing. It's actually kind of encouraged where you can try and manufacture something to sell it. So there's probably mad companies trying to like, oh, let us make some tests. Mm-hmm. And then, but they weren't good ones, you know? And so um, shit like that is also like bad. Like, how are you going to do that? And then it just, it sucks also that like, our, the world are kind of pussy and they don't want to say that about China. Although like Germany um, and like UK are like trying to put law- lawsuits. We have senators here in America that want to make lawsuits, make them responsible for this whole global pandemic because they are responsible. Um, they uh, And so maybe shit will come up and maybe it'll be the CDC of the Chinese government. So, um, and so what I'm trying to say is, yeah, just like, can't believe everything China says. So they probably, they probably have a second wave right now. And I'm pretty sure they do. And um, you can't believe everything America, America says in facts. The, the, that is a any fact. of these governments, because I think they were talking about that um, a portion of the daily total, they weren't accounting for um, nursing homes and senior setting, senior centers, because there were large, massive, large mass amounts of people who were dying in those homes, um, and they weren't attributing their deaths to COVID-19. But then when they went back, some of their deaths uh, were because of COVID-19. So mm-hmm. the death toll is even higher. Um, you know, conspiracy theorists and all these crazy people are going to talk about how this was population control. This was meant to get rid of, you know, people of color and elderly people, people who are more dependent on government resources. Um, we need to get rid of them. So what we give them something that can be semi-fatal to them. Um, but I think this is a perfect testament and just a will of people is that it has not been a death sentence for everybody and that Definitely. a lot of people have recovered on um, that the, 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 the health, um, I don't know, what is the health world or health organizations or the healthcare system? World, world, world. Friend, the healthcare system has reacted so well to this. And it's very disappointing to see, you know, there was an EMS um, person, um, personnel and a doctor, you know, that committed suicide over the yeah. weekend um, because of the overwhelming amount of just the situation. But I definitely, we have to give kudos to the medical professionals who are really owning this and the people on the front lines, you know, um, they didn't know when they, they went to school or got a degree that this is what, what is going to be the pinnacle of their career, you know, that defining moment of what makes them truly who they are. Um, and with that, you know, I think that as we look towards what the next month, six months to a year looks like, I feel like the effects of this situation is going to hit us for the next few years. You know what I mean? A lot of people are not going, people think that the outside is going to open up and we're going to wake up and things are just going to be back to normal. And the effects of this are going to change our lives forever. People thought that 9-11 changed our lives forever. This is going to change our lives forever. You know, 9-11 changed how we traveled, how we moved to other countries, what we do, our right. security restriction. Right, this right, is right. going to change the core of the values of our country. Um, it's going to shift the culture in terms of business and our loyalty to business and to work. Um, and I hope that we move into a European model where we only work for four hours a day. We take a three-hour nap and then we go back to work at the end of the day. You know? Yeah, That's and then something I was like... You know, freaking America has zero, zero, like, uh, 
mandatory paid days. Like, mm. uh, we, we do get like Christmas off. Some people do get Christmas off, Thanksgiving off, and they get paid, but that's not mandatory, you know? Like, by, a by job, country standards, yeah. Yeah, by country standards. And so there's countries that have, I think the most, the country that has the most is Spain. I think they have like, it's Spain or Germany. I think they have like 30 days that is uh, a, a person has to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, although, and you know, it's different values because we're so, we want so much money. So we need to always be producing, always be, have something available to be consumed. So that's really, I think, why we're like that. Um, just the way we were built. Um, one thing, saying thank you uh, is one thing to like our frontline people, but how about the government gives them hazard pay? because they are, are in hazard right now. How about after this, they uh, have like a two month vacation. How about they get their loans paid off because they didn't have to do this. This, mm-hmm. um, you know, doctors did take an oath, you know, and, but still like they didn't take it. They didn't expect this. Imagine if you just graduated and this is your first thing doing, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's unprecedented. No one's been here before. Yeah. Um, That's true. So, uh it's just it it is gonna absolutely change everything for sure the hazard pay that's what they need that's how we show our appreciation um the government has to somehow some way give them hazard pay because they are in hazard situations Mm -hmm. not having the amount the proper amount of ppe maybe now it's a little bit better because we're not like at the peak but it's it's not as to the regular standards it's still in pandemic standards Mm -hmm. like a i think in normal standards a hospital is supposed to have like 30 days worth of PPE on hand. But I think with the pandemic standards, it's like two days or something mm. like that. And so... And even for, I think for, uh, we're going to have to reassess, you know, what it looks like for police officers and, you know, firefighters and contact and, you know, what our first responders' responsibilities are and how we handle that, you know. It's going to be, it is going to be a, a, a culture shock. There's going to be a lot of change. Um, and I, I, I look to see you know, how the election pans out and kind of, you know, what the beginning of 2021 looks like, because that's where we're going to see effective change around the situation. Um, I think in the past four years of Trump's presidency, the last 90 days is the most legislation and the fastest we've gotten legislation across through Congress and the House of Representatives. And it's something that we have to reevaluate because when it comes to people's lives, when it comes to making the world and our country a better place. Now we're seeing Congress can act a lot faster. The government can move a lot faster. Things can be done. But then it brings in the question, party and loyalty and personal, you know, gain out of the whole situation. So it's really going to be, I think it's going to shift the culture of what politics looks like as well. Um, The whole country as a whole, we're going to be, America as we know it is no more. And that's 100% honest. Um, America and the world, man, yeah. and especially New York, because literally here in New York City, we are the we have it the we're at the the zenith of it. Like yeah, we're in here, literally where yeah. we live. So trust this is gonna be that takes has the most change mm-hmm. that we we no ne- never would have expected. Yeah, um, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Man, this has been another great episode of Mogul Talk. I don't even think we did our introduction today. Did we do our introduction we today? We did it. Damn. So right here, right now, I'm going to just give a brief introduction. 
It's your boy, King Jules. You've been tuned in to Mogul Talk episode 309. Uh, I think we had so much dialogue to talk about that we didn't even get into um, <laughs> the much of what we you know our normal every day is. But hey. Nah, still though. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, I go by the name of Church. You know the vibes. Um, you you know, can follow sure me. You wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Warrior from Gagas. Yeah, uh, you can follow my, follow your boy, King Jules. Uh, I am King Jules. You can follow church at? No church in the city. Uh, wear your gloves. Wear that mask. Um, be safe when you go outside. Uh, it's getting nicer. Um, over the weekend, it's going to be like almost 75 degrees. So a lot, I feel like a lot more people are going to try to get outside. And oh, yeah. Be in oh, a yeah. different space. So just be safe. Um, go for a walk. You know? You know? No. Read a book. Get a tan. Read a book. Read a book. Read a book. Where the deodorant? Where the deodorant? Where the deodorant? Brush your teeth. And this has been another great episode of Mogul Talk. Um, we will be back very soon. Um, I hope that this is not going to be, you know, we're not going to have too many Zoom episodes. We get back to being, you know, in the studio together. But Can't wait. Burn. Can't wait. It's been, what? It's been two months since I last saw you. It's crazy. Damn. And I, I, I pulled up to your crib the other day. But you I know, but I didn't, I, I, social distancing. I didn't come down to it. <laughs> 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 all right, man. All right, yo. Peace out, gangsters. Stay up, y'all. Follow us on Instagram at Mogul Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Mogul Talk Pod. Be sure to find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, or Stitcher. Look us up in your search tab by typing in Mogul Talk. Thanks to our friends over at Anchor.fm, we're now able to accept listener support. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, head to our website at anchor.fm slash podcast and hit the Become a Supporter tab. From there, you can support the podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes as low as a dollar per month. We thank you and appreciate you in advance. Until next time, stay focused, stay motivated, and stay woke.